Hello, everybody. I'm Warren Smith, and I'd like to welcome you to this episode of the Ministry Watch podcast. Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about Bart Barber, the president of the Southern Baptist Convention. He signed an amicus brief related to a Kentucky Supreme Court ruling that argued against uh, statute of limitations reform for sexual abuse cases. And then he subsequently issued an apology for signing that amicus brief. And I guess what I want to talk about today is what we should make of that apology, because certainly we're human, all of us, and we make mistakes. And there's no doubt that in this case, I think now even Bart Barber acknowledges that he made a pretty big mistake. Uh, Is the apology enough in this particular case? Well, I'd like to think about that and talk that through just a little bit. First, a little background. As I said, he signed an amicus brief last year that was submitted to the Kentucky Supreme Court that argued against statute of limitations reform. Many of you probably know that uh, if certain kinds of crimes, if you commit in the distant past, you can't be charged for those crimes. Um, The the limitation uh, is called simply a statute of limitations, which says that they just can't go back into ancient history uh, for minor crimes. Now, some crimes do not have statute of limitations. Murder, for example, has no statute of limitations. And this particular Kentucky law was uh, arguing that the statute of limitations should be Uh, either eliminated or extended dramatically in the cases of sexual abuse. Now, the reforms that the Southern Baptist Convention argued in this amicus brief were precisely the reforms that many sex abuse survivors want and have been trying uh, for in Kentucky uh, for years uh, to come about. So for the SBC to issue an amicus brief arguing against it was— kind of uh, a slap in the face to these sex abuse survivors. In my view, the SBC should have simply kept its mouth shut. The case involved had no connection to the Southern Baptist Convention, the executive committee of the SBC, Lifeway Christian Resources, or the Southern Baptist Theological Seminary, which is actually in Kentucky. Uh, Nevertheless, all four entities were represented in this brief. The SBC has more than enough problems of its own without poking around into other people's problems, and that fact alone should have compelled silence by the Southern Baptist Convention in this case. Should also note that the process by which the SBC commented was also badly flawed. First, it's clear that the legal team took the lead on this particular project, and I think that was a mistake. Uh, The key issues for the SBC in this matter of clergy sex abuse should primarily be pastoral and not legal. It's clear that the legal team saw this matter primarily as an exercise in risk management and the mitigation of their own liability with little regard for either the optics of the case or how it would impact uh, survivors themselves. And speaking of optics, uh, Bart Barber signed off on this brief on August 9th, 2022. 
That's a significant date. Uh, that was just one day after he announced the appointment of the SBC's Abuse Reform Implementation Task Force. The task force itself was not notified and later said that it felt blindsided by this amicus brief. So even if it was a good idea for the SBC to weigh in on this issue, and let me reiterate again, it wasn't, the timing could not have been worse. The amicus brief undermined the task force and called into question the seriousness of Barber's intention to deal with sexual abuse in the SBC. Now, that's the bad news. The good news here is that Barber recognizes that and seems now to understand it. And he issued an extraordinary apology uh, that was published on his personal blog. He owned the mistake and he asked for forgiveness. Barber confessed that he certainly did not give this decision to file this brief the level of consideration that it deserved. By the way, I'm quoting from his statement, and I'm going to continue to quote here a little bit. Some of the most important information affecting my decision was information I failed to seek. Knowing what I know now, I know that I should have asked more questions. I should have taken the opportunity to request a meeting between the interim CEO, myself, and our legal counsel to gather more information. Now, a little bit of inside baseball here. The SBC has gone through a couple of CEOs, and um, so that's why he said interim CEO. That's just one of the various problems that the SBC is facing right now. Barber then admitted that his actions ended up hurting survivors. And although his determination, and again, I'm quoting, to advance abuse reform in the SBC is no less than when it was. Uh, when he began, he said he understood that the survivors uh, felt that they were harmed, perhaps irreparably. Barber then asked for prayer, saying that I'm counting on your prayers and I'm counting on wisdom from above. I hope that I learn a little from every mistake that I make. And I hope that those of you who are angry with me today can find it in your hearts to forgive me. Now, let me just acknowledge that that was an extraordinary admission of error, although I must also say that, as Barber himself acknowledged, it may not be enough. His credibility has indeed been harmed, and as he himself said, perhaps irreparably. We must also acknowledge that while Barber's statement was transparent and vulnerable in many ways, it also had a few notes of rationalization and self-justification. He should have just said, I'm sorry, I made a mistake, I hope you can forgive me, full stop. Instead, he could not resist weighing in on the underlying legal question, saying, I am not exactly sure what I think about statutes of limitations. I think they're a mixed bag. Now, first of all, thousands of abuse survivors would disagree. And even if he is right and they are wrong, this was, again, the wrong time to make that point. Not too long ago, though, after this incident, I sat down with Barbara and did an in-depth interview. And I'll link to that interview in the show notes for today's podcast episode. Now, I came away from that interview thinking that Bart Barber was a decent man, a thoughtful man, a caring man, a man that I would love to have as my pastor. But leading the nation's largest Protestant denomination requires all of that, of course, but it also requires a lot more advanced organizational and communication skills. 
Now, I've got to add that I'm not sure that that's a good thing. I think there's a case to be made that, as economist and social critic E.F. Schumacher said, small is beautiful. When an organization or at least a church or religious body gets so large that it requires advanced professional management skills, it is possible that this is the very definition of too large. Now, I don't know for sure if that's the case. Uh, there are some large problems that we face in the world. They require big solutions and big resources that only big organizations can bring. But big organizations also bring big temptations. Uh, temptations to put institutions before people. Big organizations must constantly be on guard against the real possibility of trampling underfoot the very people the organization professes to serve. That's why this episode in the life of the SBC and in Bart Barber's presidency is instructive. It offers something of a teachable moment. It raises questions that all of us in church and ministry leadership need to ask and to answer. Well, thanks for letting me share with you today. Uh, again, I'm going to have uh, a link to my interview with Bart Barber in the show notes for today's program, and I hope that you'll uh, take a look at that and that you find it helpful. Again, I'm Warren Smith. I'm uh, the president of Ministry Watch, and I'm grateful that you joined us today for this episode of the Ministry Watch Extra podcast. The producers for today's program were Jeff McIntosh and Rich Rosell. We get database technical, editorial, and other support from Casey Suddeth, Christina Darnell, Kim Roberts, Stephen DeBerry, and I should add a host of others. Hope you have a great rest of the week and look forward to chatting with you with Natasha Cowden on Friday for our normal weekly news update. Until then, may God bless you.